I'm Timothy Putnam, and I'll be your host for the next hour. Each week, we gather right here to explore the foundations of our faith, to look at the implications of our faith on our daily lives, so that together, you and I can prepare to live outside the walls. Well, I'm glad you've joined me today. Uh, great to have you here. We're now at the uh, finished with Christmas, right? We had Epiphany, we had the baptism of the Lord, and now we are solidly in the uh, in the Novus Ordo. We're solidly in ordinary time. Uh, and so we get to get back to those things. Ordinary time is that time that the church just feeds us a diet of uh, a normal diet, right? We're not feasting. We're not fasting. We just eat normally. And the same is true of the scriptures that the church gives us during this season of the year. They're the things that are needed for the maintenance of our souls on an ongoing basis. Uh, certainly there are times for fasting, for penance, right? And we uh, we deprive our souls of certain things for the purpose of, of health and of growth. We do that uh, to some extent during Advent, but to a greater extent during the season of Lent. Uh, and that'll, you know, we'll get to that. It's not time for that. Uh, and then we also have these these times of feasting, right? The uh, the rich foods that we uh, that we traditionally have at Christmas and Easter. Uh, we have those because in our culture we're pretty well aligned with uh, with the Christian calendar. Even though society's lost a lot of what that means, uh, the reason that we have those feasts at that time in our society is because we have those feasts in the church. Thanksgiving, of course, is not a, a feast, and yet we, we have those times of feasting, and the church gives us those times of feasting as well in terms of giving us just the, the richness of the gospel uh, laid out in front of us during those feasting times. But then the rest of the year, we get just ordinary things. So that's where we are right now. We're at the uh, the very end of the first week of Ordinary Time. And so as we get to our readings from Scripture and from church history there at the, uh, at the end of the last segment, uh, we're going to be looking at some things that the church thinks, hey, these are part of a normal, you know, like those old commercials, right? This is part of your complete breakfast. These are, these are part of just a normal uh, appetite for... Uh, feeding our spirits. And, and so today, the church is going to focus on the importance of Scripture and the importance of the relationship with Christ. Uh, and we're going to follow their lead. We're going to do the same thing. Uh, later in the show, we're going to be talking with John Mark Grody. He's the the chief operating officer for the Coming Home Network. Uh, if you've not heard of them before, that's an organization that helps uh, ministers and lay people who are coming into the Catholic Church from, from different backgrounds uh, started out as from people coming through ministry, but now they've got, I mean, they have people from all over, uh, including cradle Catholics who've become members of their forums and get their newsletters. And it's just a really uplifting thing uh, and and provides a network for people who are converting into the church, specifically uh, in a special way for those people who are leaving a, a livelihood, uh, whether it be Protestant ministry or some some kind of thing like that, uh, in order to come into the church, and it provides them that network. So we'll talk with John Mark uh, just uh, in second and third segments, and we're going to talk about the importance of Scripture in his life and what he has seen uh, through the ministry that he's working with, with his father, uh, the importance of Scripture in the conversion of uh, people who heretofore have been outside of the church. So um, I want to talk to you a little bit about the importance of Scripture for me before we get into that. And, uh, you know, I grew up in this 
Protestant world where we had Bible time every morning as a family uh, for a number of years. And it it was just laid, you know, the, the groundwork was laid, the foundation was laid that the most important thing you can do in the whole wide world <laughs> is to, to read your Bible every day and to journal. And I was taught this. I was taught that you had to have a quiet time every single day. This was like the sacrament of, of my childhood. You had to have a Bible time every day and you should journal about it because that really helps you uh, maintain that discipline. And I have to tell you, I was awful at this. I did not do very well at all in terms of um, really applying myself and disciplining myself to get up and have 15 minutes, 20 minutes a day where I read the scriptures. And and there were times where it's like, okay, you know, just the first of the year, you get the idea of I'm going to do better this year, right? You get that resolution going. I did this like five or six times a year. Okay, I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to read for an hour. Well, that always makes it harder, right? And so uh, I never really got into this daily scripture reading. Uh, even to this day, I, I struggle with reading scripture every single day. Uh, and yet, um, scripture, I, I can quote you chapter and verse uh, a great deal of it. I've got a, a very strong memory for that kind of thing. Uh, and, and scripture kind of permeates what I do. I, I hear scripture uh in as many places as possible. I try to go to daily Mass as often as possible and to hear the Scriptures read. And then the whole day is set around these Scriptures. Uh, So I was never good at the journaling. I was never good at saying, okay, where am I supposed to read today or what's a reading plan that I'm going to do? And yet uh, I found that, that I still internalized Scripture. And I'm not exactly entirely sure how or when or or in what way that actually happened because I, I what I remember from scripture is how very difficult it was to get up and and do this every time. So when I became Catholic, uh, this idea of Lexio Divina has really appealed to me. And I have to admit I'm not terribly great at this either. Uh, but I like the the way that you approach the scripture with Lexia Divina because it's not coming at it from uh, from necessarily some great big academic uh, strenuous study direction. Rather, you're just approaching the scripture and you just read until something grabs you. And maybe that's only three verses, right? You, you're you're reading in the scripture. You open to a place. You read in the scripture until something grabs you, right? And then once you do that. Uh, once you've done the reading, then you just meditate on that for a while. You you marinate in that verse. You let it you just kind of sit in the middle of that verse, in the middle of that point that stood out to you. And you you say, okay, what first of all, what does this scripture mean in, in terms of what was the author trying to say? What's the, just the plain meaning of, of the scripture here? Uh, what's the context of it? What's, the, what's just the plain meaning? And then once you've got that, uh, you know, maybe if you're a scholar kind of person, if you're scholarly, you pull out a uh, a, a commentary and you see what the church fathers thought about that. You see what uh, what theologians think the plain meaning of that is. And you sit with that for a while. You don't have to do that part. And then you ask yourself, well, what do I hear God saying to me through this? 
what's the spiritual sense of this? And if you look in the Catechism, there's a, the whole section on Scripture. It comes from the Vatican II document, De Verbum, which is uh, the Word, right? The Word of God. Um, and so there, there's these different senses of Scripture. There's the plain sense, the literal sense, but then there's also the the analogical sense. What's the analogy? There's the spiritual sense. What's the anagogical sense, which is a tricky word, just meaning uh, how does this apply to the end times, right? How, what, what, what is the culmination of this? Uh, basically, coincides with the God who was and is and is to come. Those are the spiritual senses. Uh, what did it mean? What does it mean? What will it mean, right? Uh, and so we, we just kind of sit there with these these pictures uh, and listening to the Holy Spirit. What is what is God saying to me through this as we meditate on it? Then, after you've read the Scripture, after you've uh, kind of sat with it and listened to the voice of the Spirit about the plain meaning and the spiritual meaning, then you pray. Uh, this is, That's what this show is all about. Well, okay, great. Now that I know these things, what difference does it make? What are the implications of this? God, what are you trying to say to me? What do you want me to do with this information? Uh, and then after you have read and you've meditated and you've prayed, then you contemplate. Remember, prayer is a conversation. So now that you have asked God, now you listen. And what does God want to say to you through that specific passage of Scripture today? Maybe you won't get the answer immediately. And as you walk throughout the day, this is what I love about Scripture, uh, is that the scripture is going to come back to you all day long. Uh, it's even sometimes imperceptibly. It's going to affect the way that we interact with people. We read, uh, "Brothers, uh, love one another," and then you know when we uh, get in the car and we're maybe less prone to cut someone off because we we're thinking, "Oh, I'm supposed to put someone else's needs above my own, right? I'm supposed to be loving because I am uh, an ambassador for Jesus Christ." Uh, it's not something that would be on my mind otherwise. But when I have given Scripture just even a little bit of my time, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it makes a big difference in the way I interact with the world. This is why it's important for me as a dad to introduce my children to Scripture. That's why we do our bedtime routine uh, and we will do Compline or we'll do uh, the readings from the Mass of that day or we'll somehow, something in, in our prayers or in our uh, time closing out the day, we're going to spend some time in Scripture. And it bears really good fruit. It really does. And I'm so glad that my parents did it when I was younger. Uh, even though I had trouble with the, the discipline of do this every day for 30 minutes and write a journal, uh, there's something about the relationship that I have with Scripture now because of that uh, that's really made a, a profound impact on my life. Well, don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to be talking with John Mark Grodi. He is from the Coming Home Network, uh, chnetwork.org. We're going to talk about Scripture in his life uh, and quite a bit more. It's a great conversation you're not going to want to miss. Join this conversation right now over at facebook.com slash step outside the walls. And on Twitter, the handle's at outside the walls. Talk to me about scripture and how it's impacted your life. What are your uh, habits around scripture? We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. Thanks for being with me today. We got a great show for you. We're talking today with John Mark Grodine. He's the Chief Operating Officer of the Coming Home Network. That's chnetwork.org. Uh, and they have just a host of materials available. You got to go to this website and check it out. They've got blogs, they've got devotionals, they've got uh, just all kinds of things to deepen your faith, even, even if you're not a convert right? Uh, it's specifically set up for converts, uh, for people who maybe are in their process of converting and need some kind of relational connection because they're leaving their whole network behind. Uh, when I was coming through, uh, coming into the Catholic Church uh, after having been in parish ministry, well, I say, see, now it's ingrained in me. It, I was involved in uh, Protestant ministry in, in congregations, as we would call them, uh, for about a decade doing worship ministry, music ministry, liturgy, and then began this search that lasted me about 10 years, uh, almost the whole time I was working for the church, uh, coming into the Catholic Church. And the Coming Home Network was a big part of that because they, they had these forums where you could ask questions. They had these connections, job postings, which when you're leaving— uh, your livelihood, it's a really hard thing to come into the church. It's not like you can just pop over to RCIA. Uh, in fact, uh, my wife did a private RCIA, and I kind of had to have a couple of private conversations with the priest, and for the most part, he said I clapped out. Uh, but, you know, y you go to RCIA, and it's like, oh, yeah, we saw your worship pastor over at our church. It, just, it doesn't go well. Uh, so, John Mark, thanks for being here today. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Glad to, glad to join you. So we're talking today about Scripture. A lot of people think that Catholics don't do the Bible. Um, in fact, my uh, some of my family members grew up in the Catholic Church, and, and they became uh, Protestant because they found the Bible. And mm. no one—all throughout their, their CCD or religious education or whatever it was called at the time— uh, they studied their Baltimore catechisms, but they did not study the scriptures. Uh, and so let's talk about the, you know, the, we are people of the book. We're people of the word, uh, the word being Jesus Christ, who is uh, the, the single utterance of God. Um, but let's talk about the importance of, that, that we Catholics place on the Bible. Uh, what are your thoughts, John, John Mark? Yeah, well, a couple of things that I would say. The first of all is that, you know, as you mentioned earlier, I work with the Coming Home Network, uh, which was, it's an apostolate started by my father, Marcus. Uh, and, you know, we work with people who are thinking about becoming Catholic. You know, we're a network of converts and we have staff members and we have you know, websites and events and different ways that people can find fellowship and resources for the journey. That's chnetwork.org. Ah. Um, and in relation to that, again, so I, I, I myself, I'm not a convert. You know, per se, I we came into the church when I was five. So, but what I have grown up with is, you know, uh, plenty of examples. You know, so I, I do have some memories of of our life as Presbyterians beforehand, and you know, our Catholic life since then. And I and I've and I've seen the example in my father and in others, all the way through of the importance that Scripture has played in our lives. And it didn't end when we became Catholic, you know, right. and that's what we see in, in all the people that we work with. It's not a, they're not leaving behind their love of scripture. You know, even if they came from a sola scriptura background, they're not leaving something behind there. It's really in the end, a deepening of their love of scripture, their understanding of scripture. And so that, that's been my, you know, my overall experience as well as, you know, many individual experiences. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but that also connects to the second one too, which is that, I mean, the main place that scripture plays in my life now, I, I'm a young father, I have three children, um, and my wife and I are, are always <laughs> working on our, our home liturgy, if you will. You know, the, the cycles and seasons and routines of, of our waking and rising and sleeping and eating and praying. And so, um, you know, for us, the scripture is uh, kind of a way, uh, you know, just, just as in the overall life of the church, the scripture was originally and continues to be, um, you know, central to the liturgy. Right. What gives, you know, the, the, the life in the church, its structure and its rhythm. So, too, we're trying to live that out at home. And so a good example of the past uh, six or so months, what we've been doing, we now have kids who can sit still a little bit at the at the breakfast table. Right. We get up and we do, you know, a, modif- a modified singing of sort of the, you know, the opening morning prayer and then the Alleluia and the gospel. Um, what's that called? The, the the line before the gospel. The, can- uh, the antiphon. Yeah. yeah, the antiphon. So we we sing that, and then we and then we read the gospel together. And on Fridays, Dominic, who's five, reads it in his in his broken phonics reading at this point. Right. So you know, it's we try to integrate that as you know part of our you know along with the rest of the liturgical season, uh, the way that the church gives rhythm and and meaning to our everyday life and to our seasons. And so we've enjoyed again. That's that's the way the place that the Scripture has played in the church from the beginning, but but um, we're integrating that more into our family life as well. Well, that's something that that I think is uh, sometimes daunting to do as a parent is to say, "Hey, we're going to sit down and we're going to read out of this book that you only understand about a quarter of these words." Yeah. <laughs> and you know, growing up, we did this uh, in my household, in my Protestant household, we would do. Uh, we'd read through the Psalms and the Proverbs every month. We'd get up in the morning, we'd read one one proverb and, and five Psalms, and that would get us through the whole thing uh, over the course of, of that whole month. Uh, and, you know, the hardest day was always Psalm 119, because that's the really long one, and you still had to get f- four other ones in. Uh, and, and yet now here we are as as Catholics, and for us, what we do, we do our our spiritual time at a bedtime routine. So sometimes that takes yeah. the place of doing a Compline together as a family. Uh, sometimes that takes the place of during Advent, we did uh, all of the, the readings from the mass every day uh, right. and, and lit the candles because kids like fire. I'm sure you've yeah, come to yeah, realize exactly. this. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason, you know, this is completely separate. There's a reason that we have candles in the Catholic church. It's not just because, uh, you know, you needed light back then, but there, right. it, it kind of transfixes you. It's like, oh, mm. oh, and it's it's the uh, the medieval lights uh, light show that. that <laughs> right. So um, sometimes it takes the form of uh, just doing a quick blessing at bed, and and we're trying to <laughs> instill scripture in our kids, but you know, you you kind of wonder, well, gosh, with this little bit, is it really taking? Uh, yeah. And our oldest son is just now; uh, he's about mm. to turn nine. Yeah. And so for for Christmas, he got his very own New Catholic Answer Bible, mm-hmm. and this was at Christmas, and I think he's already halfway through Exodus. I mean, yeah. so there's some we did something right, right? Because now we have this kid who's very interested in the scriptures. Yeah, yeah. You know, it reminds me um, of I think sometimes when people are joking about 
the idea that Catholics don't know Scripture. They they do make the admission that sometimes Catholics aren't as good with a, a chapter and verses, mm-hmm. but they but if you start a Scripture, they can finish it. Yeah, and and it's reflective of again, for the for the life of a Catholic, it does form the the background to their life. You know, they hear it in, in all their prayers. They hear it throughout the liturgy. They hear it throughout the liturgical season. And it does begin to form, you know, so the, the mental furniture, if you will, of their whole life, you know. And so, again, because sometimes because Catholics haven't studied, studied Scripture in the same way, they can't necessarily look something up perfectly. But they do. They know Scripture. They live and breathe it through the liturgy. Um, and, you know, and the church is, is very wise in how it's, it's um, emphasized that. Well, and honestly, today, how important is it? I'm now. I I still have my my chapter and verse memorized because I had right. you know so many years of that. But in these days, when you've got a searchable uh, Bible on your smartphone, how important is it that you know the exact reference? If you can put you know five or six of those words together into a right. Google search box, guess what? You're going to find it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, let's talk a little bit about. Your own devotional life. What does Scripture look like, sure. not as a father, but as a Catholic trying to live out this this life, uh, this Catholic mm-hmm. life? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, for me, you know, I mean, just a little bit about my adult conversion. Um, you know, when I I kind of reached that critical stage in my my teenage years when I was really digging into my faith and but but having you know a bit of a crisis. Um, not revolving around the Catholic Church. I mean, for mm-hmm. me at that point, I'd, I'd heard enough, seen enough that it was either the Catholic Church or nothing. In my right. case, that wasn't where my questions, what they involved. It was, it was sort of the bigger overall questions: is is this true? Is is the are the experiences that I've had real? Um, what does the Church propose to me as faith? What does faith mean? Because that's that's the kind of word these days that you hear in so many contexts, and you hear it used and abused. Right. And sometimes our students are left with, well, what does it really mean? Does faith mean, as I've heard some people say, it means we don't really know if any of this is true, and we'll find out when we die. Right. That we, we keep it now because it feels good and it's helpful. Is that what the Church proposes to us as faith? Is that what the gospel proposes to us as faith? So that's what my adult conversion sort of revolved around. And, you know, I mean, that, that's a whole other story, studying the catechism and studying philosophy and, and things. But in the end, it came down to recognizing that the church did really propose that faith meant faith in a person, faith in the mm-hmm. person of Jesus Christ, that he was someone real and present that I could come to know, that he um, was not just around for those people 2,000 years ago, but that he continued to be impress, uh, present, especially in the sacraments of his church, but also that I could approach him and get to know him through Scripture, that that was one of the primary places that I got to know this person of Jesus Christ. And so that's been you know, the, the, one of the most important places of Scripture in my life is trying to work through the New Testament to get to know the person of Christ better. You know, I can know him generally and have a relationship, but to deepen that, I need to to think about what he said and what he's done and meditate on that and approach it. We're talking with John Mark Grodi. He's the Chief Operating Officer for the Coming Home Network, chnetwork.org. Go take a look at him. We'll be right back after this. Join us over on social media, facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle is at outside the walls. Don't go anywhere. There's much more right after this.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. So glad that you're here today as we talk about Scripture. We're talking today with John Mark Grodi. He's the Chief Operating Officer for the Coming Home Network. And yes, you know that last name. His father's the host of The Journey Home on EWTN. We had him on here about a year ago. Uh, and talking about his own conversion, I, I had yeah, I called your dad up. I, uh, well, I actually emailed your dad. Uh, through the proper channels and said, hey, I appeared on your show, you know, Turnabout's Fair Play. And and he <laughs> bought it. He fell for it and came on the show. Uh, and so, yeah, we talked about that. We talked a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago with uh, with Matt Swaim, who's yeah. also there at the Coming Home Network. And I, I just have a, a fond affection for y'all and all the work that you do. And today we're talking about scripture and uh, really coming to to know that we as Catholics use scripture, we appreciate scripture, uh, and and it forms the way that we live our lives. Uh, and so there's this uh, this great phrase, which is not by a Catholic, um, or, or at least it was not conveyed to me by a Catholic, uh, from a professor of Old Testament at Wheaton. Uh, and he said this, we, we have to remember that scripture is, scripture is written for us, but not to us. And I think that's something that as Protestants, we can easily forget. We think that, you know, all we have to do is look at Scripture under the plain meaning of it and, and hey, we've got it all figured out. Well, but when that's the case, that's how we end up with so many different interpretations uh, because everyone reads into Scripture rather than letting Scripture read into them. So the Catechism, uh, you mentioned that that was important to you. Uh, the yeah. Catechism talks about Scripture and the different senses of Scripture and how best to interpret Scripture uh, in as as a Catholic in consistency with the whole Church. And I'm going to put some links to those specific passages uh, on our social media over at facebook.com slash step outside the wall and Twitter, the handles at outside the walls. Let's talk a little bit about this unique thing, I think, that y'all have going on here, this reading guide for reading the whole scripture and the whole catechism in the span of a year without it being too burdensome. Yeah. Talk, talk a little bit about this. Yeah, well, you know, the, the reading guide, which it's available from our website, chnetwork.org, uh, and you can go up in the menu and it's and it's listed in there under resources. Uh, it's a free resource for members of the Come Home Network, so those converts and Catholics who are in our network as supporters or uh, those people who are on their own journey and, and that we're working with. Uh, and, or it's also available as a, you can buy a cardstock copy from our store for a dollar, you know, so it's a pretty, pretty good way to start out 2017. But uh, my father put together that reading guide a while back um, because we've, well, we, first of all, we recognize the importance of the catechism and, and what a treasure it is. Uh, but also because I think so many people would be, surprised at how much scripture is in the catechism. We've heard that from lots of our guests that mm -hmm. they come through and they, they picked up the catechism at one point and they were blown away at how steeped in the, in the scriptures and in the early church fathers it was. And they were constantly flipping back and forth and checking references and right. just astounded. Um, because again, that has been the life of the church. The church has lived and breathed its scriptures. Um, and so, you know, we that, what what better way for a particularly somebody who's been steeped in the Bible, who's come from a Bible alone tradition, who's now, you know, open to the possibility that there's a larger context in a church for this scripture to understand it and to deepen it, 
you know, then to read that scripture on one side and then to, to go deep into the catechism, which again, really is a treasure on the other, mm-hmm. is a great challenge for people these days. It's a great way to, to test out the possibility. Could this be true? Mm-hmm. You know, could this, uh, could this, this larger, deeper, wider tradition, uh, Christian tradition be, have something to it? Well, you know, there's something else to the catechism, uh, that, having gone to seminary in the Protestant world uh, was very impressive to me that it is both exceptionally scholarly. There's a lot of, uh, of cross-referencing of, if you want to go even deeper, uh, there's a lot of uh, scholarly work that goes into this. It is a systematic theology in the way that it's presented. And yet at the same time, it's exceptionally accessible. You can pick it up with without a higher degree uh, and look at it and understand what the church is trying to convey. Yeah. Yeah. I wish, I wish more students would, would take that challenge and pick it up. Cause again, that's exactly what I discovered as a teenager wrestling with the big questions of God's existence and, and what faith meant. Um, and you know, you, you get that, that idea in your head that you're asking questions that no one's ever asked before. And that if right. you, you actually ask them, people would be, Oh, golly, you're not supposed to ask those kinds of questions. And of course, I, I finally cracked open the catechism. And within the first you know, few pages of the catechism, that's what it's talking about. Mm-hmm. And as you said, it's on the one hand scholarly and steeped in scripture and steeped in the fathers and the great texts of our Christian history. But at the same time, it's, it's eminently readable. Mm-hmm. So it really is a challenge that more people should take up. And the reading guide, which again is available at chnetwork.org, is a great way to start it. Uh, now, we're already a couple of weeks into the new year. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it too late? Do you have to you have to cram <laughs> now and catch up, or is, is it laid out in such a way that someone can pick it up right now and and start off with that reading guide? Yeah, it can it can be started and picked up anytime. You know, so the the plan is based on you know uh, sets of sets of, of biblical readings and a reading from the catechism, but they're not tied to a particular day. So you can start. You can put your flag at any point in the year and begin moving forward. Um, I will confess to you that I've started it numerous times and then fallen off and then picked back up. And so I've chipped away at that at that as well. My wife has gotten gotten through it and a number of my friends have. Um, but it, yeah, you can pick it up and and pick it back up at any time. So it's the kind of thing that it may be for you. It could be going through the Bible and the catechism in two years. and Or, right. or you know, going with the liturgical cycle and making it a three-year cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh but what it is, is it's giving you bite-sized chunks in a way that you can approach something that otherwise would be daunting, right? right? Now, you can always go and buy your own copy of the catechism. You can get them online for not a whole lot of money. Or if you're the kind of person that likes to look on things on devices, you can get the full text of the catechism over at vatican.va. Or and there's actually a version I like better that's better cross-referenced and better hyperlinked over mm. at a, a parish in Mississippi called St. Charles Borromeo. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll put a link to that in our social media as well. So there you can read through it just with that, uh, with that guide and you can look it up, that's, cross-reference it. That's so funny because I've stumbled across that website, you know, probably three dozen times over the years when I've, you know, looked up the catechism online. I didn't right. realize that that was a parish. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a parish. And I tell you, it's it's better uh, hyperlinked, better cross-referenced even than uh, than the Vatican. So, yeah. Wow. God, God bless the parishioners God, with that project. That's wow. right. God bless them. And they did it. They, they did it legally. It's all with the permission of the USCCB. Yeah. And so they're they're operating uh, well within their, their parameters. Uh, <laughs> there you go. So we, we've talked about 
the, this scripture. We've talked about how you can approach it at home. Uh, now, let's talk about that elephant in the room uh, that a lot of people bring with them. And really, we talk about it as a uh, as a, a Protestant thing, but I've met my fair share of, of a certain stripe of Catholic who also uh, put a lot of stock in their own interpretation of Scripture. This this idea that if it's not in Scripture, it's not uh, really supposed to be there. This mm-hmm. sola scriptura, using only Scripture to define the faith. Uh, what what do you say to that? Well, that definitely is one of the 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 big points that we come across all the time when we're working with people, talking with people. That's rather universally uh, an issue that they have to wrestle with. Again, the interesting thing about it is that as a as a kind of issue. It's sort of a, it's almost a whole worldview. It's a whole paradigm. Yeah. It's a way of looking not just at the scripture itself, but at the whole world. Um, and again, just the, the question is not, the question isn't whether scripture is inspired or whether it's not, whether scripture is true, whether it's God's word. We all are in agreement on that. The question is what place is scripture supposed to, how is it supposed to fit in the life of the church and in the life of the individual? And the paradigm that sees it as, you know, this perfect sourced, text that, again, was written to you mm-hmm. with instructions on what the Christian faith is supposed to look like and what it's supposed to do. It, it was never, that is a new paradigm. Right. It really is. I mean, you look in the, the, the lives of the early Christians, they didn't have that text. They, they lived out the Christian life through, and their, tra- their tradition, their teaching was through word of mouth. Um, so this paradigm that, that uh, would have a person go to the scripture uh, on their own and come away with a perfect interpretation for every situation they might encounter. Um, it's just, a, it's a new paradigm. And that's, that's what people wrestle with is that, uh, either in their individual case or in their church, their denomination, they see over time how that paradigm breaks down. It, it sounds somewhat coherent at the start, but it breaks down in an actual practice. And so again, so what is it replaced with? What does the church have to offer? Well, Again, from the beginning, the scripture was read in the liturgy. It was it was lived and breathed and taught and cherished within the community, and that's the sh- in the end. You know, it's it's perhaps less of a shift than people expect. It's simply reading scripture in the heart of the community for whom it was written. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you've also we, we talk about uh, they didn't have scripture. They had some of the letters, but they they had. The, you know, the canon of scripture that we have today didn't come around until the fourth century. Right. It, and then, you know, I look at um, my own history where I, I remember mm. I, as a teenager asking those questions that no one else asked. I really wanted yeah. to know what the early church had to say. And so I looked to the book of Acts and nothing else yeah. because yeah. there was this idea that the church didn't have anything other than scripture and then, you know, the Reformation. But the church has writings all the way through uh, that have have given us this apostolic tradition by which we interpret Scripture, by which we appropriate it into our lives. Well, we've been talking with John Mark Grodi today. He's the uh, the chief operating officer for the Coming Home Network, chnetwork.org. Uh, go over there, take a look at the resources, get a hold of that catechism guide, Catechism and the Bible in a Year. Become a member today and get their newsletter. Keep up with all they're doing over at chnetwork.org. Don't miss out. We'll be right back right after this.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. So glad that you have stuck with us. We've been talking today with John Mark Grodi. He's the Chief Operating Officer for the Coming Home Network. You can find out more of the work that they do. Get the that that uh, reading guide that we talked about that'll take you through the Catechism and the Bible in a year, uh, and much more right over at chnetwork.org, chnetwork.org. That's the Coming Home Network. Uh, lots of great stuff there, blogs, uh, forums, guides, anything you need. Go take a look, see see what they can offer you. So uh, if you missed any part of the show or you know someone who would benefit from this show, uh, don't worry. Everything's archived over at OutsideTheWalls.com. When you go there uh, and you get to OutsideTheWalls.com, you find the, the, uh, the podcast. Why don't you subscribe? Of course, you could listen to it on the website. Lots of people do. Uh, but you could also go into your iTunes store or your Android store or uh, whatever other podcast aggregator you have, and you can subscribe to the feed. It's always just pops right up into your your uh, aggregator of choice as soon as it's published, and then you don't even have to go look for it. It pops in right there. And while you're at it, uh, why don't you leave a review? And, you know, if I hope that you love the show. If you do, let me know uh, in the review section, either on iTunes or the Android store. If you don't, you know, maybe leave a suggestion or two, but be kind, be kind, charitable. So uh, here we, speaking of speaking of charitable, hey, do you love this show? I love this show. I love doing this show. Uh, have a lot of fun. We talk with great guests every week, week in, week out. Uh, and uh, you can help support that by going and becoming a friend of the show. A friend of the show gives uh, $10 a month. That's it. One good bag of coffee a month. You're like, you know, this show is worth a, a good bag of coffee. A couple of Starbucks cups. It's worth at least that much. Uh, you go, and for that price, $10 a month, you become eligible for the secret, super secret special uh, Facebook group that also uh, enrolls you for giveaways and the like. And I've got a, a book that I'm going to give away this week. Uh, I'll announce... Uh, who got it and where and when uh, on next week's show. We're going to give away this great book from uh, Sophia Press, and it's The Seven Gifts of the Holy Spirit, Every Spiritual Warrior's Guide to God's Invincible Gifts by Kevin Vost. Uh, looks like it's going to be a great book. I'm going to put it in your hands if you become a friend of the show. One of the friends of the show is going to get that this next week, so you still have time. Go over to OutsideTheWalls.com, click on the menu area that says Become a Friend of the Show, follow the directions. Lo and behold, you are enrolled and eligible. Look forward to seeing you there. Now, uh, we've got just a little bit of time left today, and I want to read to you. I said we're in ordinary time now. I want to read to you what the church has given to us for our scripture today. It comes out of the book of Hebrews, and uh, see if you can tell why we did the topics we did today. This is Hebrews 4. The Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. No creature is concealed from him, but everything is naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must render account. Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has similarly been tested in every way, yet without sin. So let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace for timely help. 
And this is really exactly what John Mark was talking about earlier in the show as he was wrestling with his big questions was to realize that not only, not only was was the scripture important, right? Because it tells us about ourselves, right? It's able to penetrate between the soul and the spirit. It's able to discern the thoughts and reflections of the heart. It helps us to see ourselves more clearly. Uh, but it's also that through Scripture we come to know Christ, and in Christ we have a high priest who understands us. We have a God who came to be with us. That so We just celebrated that at Christmas. And so because of this, we can now confidently approach God in the time of our need. That's the whole reason for Scripture is to, to acquaint us with Christ. It's not to tell us how to live so much as it is to reveal to us the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, so that through that, we can we can live a grace-filled life. So now I want to talk to you. Uh, this is the reading I'm going to read to you from that letter to the Corinthians by St. Clement I. Uh, and so I, I talked to you at the very end of the last break about really not having anything from the early church, thinking when I thought of the early church, I thought, well, that's Acts, and then, it, and then we have nothing. And what a shock and what a delight it was for me when I did become Catholic to realize that, hey, we have the writings of the early church. And so here, this this writing from uh, St. Clement I, uh, he was, I think, the fourth or fifth pope. He was a very early pope, I think the fourth. And, and here he is writing to the Corinthians, the same church that Paul wrote to as a, a book of the New Testament, a couple of books of the New Testament. And so we have this uh, this interaction that's not in Scripture, uh, and yet it is for our edification. It's something that the one of the, the early popes, one of the uh, successors to the apostles, wrote to help instruct the church. And I think you'll see why, in this reading as well, why we went the way we went talking about Scripture in our, in our show today. So let's listen to this, to uh, this letter to the, the Corinthians by St. Clement I. God's blessing must be our objective, and the way to win it, our study. Search the records of ancient times. Why was our father Abraham blessed? Was it not because his upright and straightforward conduct was inspired by faith? As for Isaac's faith, it was so strong that assured of the outcome, he willingly allowed himself to be offered in sacrifice. Jacob had the humility to leave his native land on account of his brother and go and serve Laban. He was given the twelve tribes of Israel. Honest reflection upon each of these examples will make us realize the magnitude of God's gifts. All the priests and Levites who served the altar of God were descended from Jacob. The manhood of the Lord Jesus Christ derived from him through the tribe of Judah. Kings, princes, and rulers sprang from him, nor are his other tribes without their honor. For God promised Abraham... Your descendants shall be as the stars of heaven. It's obvious, therefore, that none of these owed their honor or exaltation to themselves or to their own labors or to their deeds of virtue. No, they owed everything to God's will. So likewise with us, who by his will are called in Jesus Christ. We are not justified by our wisdom, intelligence, piety, or by any action of ours, however holy, but by faith. The one means by which God has justified men from the beginning. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. What must we do then, brothers? 
give up good works, stop practicing Christian love? God forbid! We must be ready and eager for every opportunity to do good and to put our whole heart into it. Even the Creator and Lord of the universe rejoices in His works. By His supreme power, He sets the heavens in their place. By His infinite wisdom, He gave them their order. He separated the land from the waters surrounding it and made His own will its firm foundation. By His command, He brought to life the beasts that roam the earth. He created the sea and all its living creatures, and then, by His power, set bounds to it. Finally, with his own holy and undefiled hands, he formed man, the highest and most intelligent of his creatures, the copy of his own image. Let us make man, God said, in our image and likeness. And God made man, male and female, he made them. Then when he had finished making all his creatures, God gave them his approval and blessing. Increase and multiply, he charged them. We must recognize, therefore, that All upright men have been graced by good works, and that even the Lord himself took delight in the glory his works gave him. This should inspire us with a resolute determination to do his will and make us put our whole strength into the work of living a Christian life. That reading comes from the the letter to the Corinthians by St. Clement I, Pope. We got lots of readings like that, all from early church history. Uh, the early church wrote a lot. They didn't stop writing when Scripture was completed. And so here we have these, these gems of words from these early pastors, these early popes, these early uh, doctors and fathers of the church who are helping us really gr- grapple with what it means to be a Christian. And, you know, we, here we have it easy in our culture. We really do. As hard as it is, and it is hard— we have it easy. Uh, we, we are not being thrown to the lions. Maybe some proverbial lions. Maybe we feel like it sometimes. But we are not being, here in the West, martyred for our faith. And so we have to ask ourselves, what? first of all, am I willing to put the time in and study? Right. Remember that first line, God's blessing must be our objective. That's our whole purpose in life. It must be our objective. And the way to win his blessing is through our study, and then through our study to come to know that what his will is, what his good and perfect will is, and then to walk in it. Do you know what the will of God is for your life? I don't either. I don't know what God's will is for your life. Sometimes I have a hard time figuring out what his will is for my life. And when I get to that place, I have to ask myself, am I Am I listening? That's what we talked about in that first segment, that Lexio Divina. Am I giving God the time to actually speak to me, or do I wait until I'm frantic and sitting in the car where uh, I can't hear anything but my own thoughts, right? Am I willing to give God the time so that I can hear his voice, so that I can discern his will, so that I can walk in it and walk in his blessing? That's our challenge this week. I'm going to be trying it. You're going to be trying it. I'm going to use that that uh, that reading guide to get started. Hope you'll go and download it as well. Outside the Walls is a co-production of St. Michael Radio and Breadbox Media, heard around the world on live streaming, terrestrial radio, and podcast. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.